Welcome to Badger Bigs, presented by the Varsity Collective, giving you inside access to some of the biggest figures in Wisconsin Badger athletics. Welcome to the Badger Bigs, presented by the Varsity Collective, the only podcast that highlights the joys of iconic Madison landmarks and brings you in-depth conversations with some of the biggest Badgers of today and generations past about life as a supersized athlete in their sports on campus and beyond. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, former Wisconsin Badger offensive lineman, Joe Thomas. And I'm Joe's co-host, former Wisconsin Badger women's basketball player, Annie Thomas. And for this podcast, we're proud to be partnering with the Varsity Collective, an NIL collective-led and backed by University of Wisconsin alumni, former Badger student-athletes like us, and Badger fans everywhere. The Varsity Collective's mission is to support current Badger student-athletes on the field, in the community, and in life. And if you want to learn more and help support Badger student-athletes, then visit thevarsitycollective.com. Register for their newsletter. Today, we're excited to welcome a special Badger student-athlete, Keanu Benton, to the podcast. And later on the show, we'll also be joined by a true Badger big, the one and only seven-footer Brian Butch is here to talk all things basketball Madison and beyond. But now, he's number 95 on your football program and number one in your hearts, a stellar nose guard and Wisconsin raised from Janesville, he is Keanu Benton. Growing up in Janesville, did you grow up a Badger fan and did you have that dream as a kid of putting on the, the helmet with the W and going and playing at Camp Randall Stadium? I didn't. I was a baseball player. I moved from Chicago, Illinois in middle school. So I was a baseball player, came here. I didn't start playing football until eighth grade. Mm. So I had no clue I'd be here on a full ride scholarship, living out a dream that I never thought would happen. Like I always wanted to play sports. So I tried to stay in sports. I even tried swim in the eighth grade. Oh, like, I tried <laughs> everything I could. I wasn't very good. Straight to the bottom. Straight to the bottom. I did it, though. But I just tried out every sport I could, and football and wrestling kind of became my top two. And here I am talking to you guys today. How do you feel that wrestling has helped you translate onto the defensive line? Because I know Joe... He was really into the technique with track and throwing shot put. Do you feel like mm -hmm. wrestling, you know, hand placement, has that helped you at all? Yeah, I was just going to say the hands and the mental capacity of football and the toughness. I feel like wrestling in high school helped me develop as a man. I wouldn't call myself soft or nothing, but like I didn't have that faith in myself or that self-confidence that I could do things that I kind of set out there to do. But wrestling kind of helped me. We, we're one-on-one. -on -one. It's me and you in this circle. And one of us got to win. So it kind of helped me bring that dog in me out. And that helped translate on football. And with hands, conditioning, that's a huge part. A lot of people don't really know that wrestling is very, very tiring. Just watching is, those wrestlers train every day in the McLean, I'm like, nope, that's not the sport for me. Carrying your buddy up yeah. and down the stadium steps, I'm good. It is tiring. So I just feel like that toughness and then like hands technically, feet technically, tackling, even shooting. All that, it helps translate to the football field. Going yeah. from high school where you said, you know, you weren't sure if you're going to play in college, you know, you didn't know if that was going to be for you. And then stepping on the field for the first time for your first start as a freshman, what was that feeling like, especially in the, that stadium with that crowd? How did that feel? I would say I almost threw up. It was a lot. Nobody in my family have came to this point, came this far. And for me to start a game as a freshman, so... Just going out there and then, like, seeing my parents in the stands cheering me on, like, 
that meant the world to me. And my first start, I ended up having a good game because Coach Noakes reminded me, like, to just play free and clear my mind. So going out there, playing, and, of course, being a freshman, thinking guys are bigger, once you get out there and hit somebody, you realize it's the same thing all over again. So it made me feel really good as a person. Going back to your high school days, did you have any mentors or people that were a big influence, had a big effect on molding who you become as a man and as an athlete? I was a big wrestler in high school, like you said. So my wrestling coach, Coach Mullen, he actually, cool story about him. My sister, when I was in middle school, she was in high school. She ended up having like a drop dead. Her heart stopped and stuff. Mm. And they were on the phone with the hospital here and telling him not to shock her because she was too young and he ended up shocking her and like bringing her back to life. And we found out she had an enlarged heart. So we had a special connection there and he was my head wrestling coach and he always reminded me what I'm doing it for. Never lose sight of who and what you're doing this for. And whether that was wrestling, football, baseball, or whatever I was doing. So I would say he had a huge impact on my step as a player and on my step as a person in life. I can only imagine how emotional your family was then watching you succeed at the college level and step out on that field. Does your family ever talk about how they felt watching you play for the first time for the Badgers? Yeah, you know, my mom always says, I remember back in high school, she wasn't able to make a lot of games. She worked two jobs, same with my dad. So we were just trying to make ends meet and I wasn't angry at them for making, for not being able to make some games. So her being able to just tell her boss I need off every Saturday to come watch my son play, like that meant the world to me. And we're in a better position now, and I'm glad that she can make it to every game. She even travels when we go our way, so that means the world to me. We're in the era of NIL with college sports. It was not something that Annie and I had when she was on the basketball team and I was playing on the football team. How do you feel that the NIL has helped you personally and all college athletes right now to be able to support their family? At first, I wasn't really a big fan because there were so many different rules. I didn't want to mess up with taxes or what's eligible and what's not. So I kind of stayed away from it. But then like, I realized that it was a big opportunity to help us get what we need and get to the position that we need to be. I just really got stuff that I usually would buy. And it's like fishing poles, like fishing gear. You and me yeah, both, brother. Oh, no, yeah. not now. Can you uh, bow, offline bow just send me a few text messages about where you got oh. those free fishing poles, please? Uh, I'd like to <laughs> tap into that line I as well. Care. I had got some through St. Croix. That's my favorite pole. And then I had got a custom pole made. But Is fish your favorite or what is your favorite go-to meal? Okay, so I fish. When I fish here, I just fish for little things. I'll go to probably 10A Park. Or like the 10 lockdown, and then I'll go to like Ringo Creek for some bluegill sometime just to clear my mind. But when I really try to get deep fishing, I'll go to Indian Ford Dam. Like I'll hit the Rock River, try to get white bass. I love eating panfish, get crappie on Lake Koshkanon, like all stuff like that. But I do some of the things that I catch depending on how I feel. Along with your physical health and eating and all that, what do you do to mentally decompress after practice besides you know going out and fishing on wingra what do you like to do as far as to take care of your mental state i actually do mindfulness we got a mindfulness guy named chad at the university of wisconsin we pump iron together chad mcgee yeah he shout out first mindfulness coach i think in ncaa college sports right yeah something like that i think so we'll go with it and the best sounds good obviously the best for sure like i never thought about how important it is to clear your mind and be able to go out there and play like 
with my style of play, like I just feel like I always just thought about hitting somebody hard. I don't have to focus on anything, but then once you get to college, you got plays you need to know, the tempo is way faster. So mindfulness besides fishing has helped me slow things down and really stay the person that I am without having stress because school, meetings, practice, all this stuff can cause stress. So just reminding myself of why I'm here, taking a breather, taking a step back and recap on my day or my week or my month, like stuff like that is stuff that I do to clear my mind. College athletes have to deal with so many things that just regular college students don't have to face. One of the things is the expectations. If you come in as a big recruit, if you're a big name, everybody's watching you. You've got millions of people all of a sudden that are watching your every move on Saturdays. They're writing in the media. They're writing on social media about if you played well, if you didn't play well. And then you have to go to class the next day a lot of times. You guys had a coaching change in the middle of the year, and that can be extremely challenging. Is there anything that you've really found that has helped you personally deal with the pressure of being the college athlete and being a defensive lineman for Wisconsin? Probably just taking a step back. And for me, I kind of like X out media, especially when stuff like that, sudden changes with coaches, whatever is going on on our team, I shut out immediately. But then I, I really just turn back to my support system, my auntie, my mother, my sister, like people who know who I am and know how I react to things and who can tell me if I'm if I'm wrong from feeling a certain way or if I can look at it from a different perspective because to be honest, I'm a mama's boy and the women in my family are really amazing to me and I look up to the women in my family. And there's nobody like my support system to me because I can go tell them anything and they'll tell me an honest answer if I'm wrong or if I'm right. So I know there's somebody on this podcast that was happy to hear that you're a mama's boy. I was just going to say, I, there is nothing wrong with being a mama's boy, please. That is just, that support system is unlike anything else, and especially in sports. One of the things that I thought was really sharp that you just said was that you try to ignore the social media side of things. And it was easy for Annie and I because Facebook came out when we were in college. I was like, this will never work. Well, it turns out I was wrong about Facebook. And throughout my NFL career, I was never on social media because Twitter and Instagram and stuff came out during my career. And I took that approach like you. I tried to mostly ignore the media because that type of noise is just a distraction from what your job is. And typically your job is mm -hmm. to show up on time, to pay attention, to work hard and do what your coach says. But for you growing up in the era of Twitter and Instagram where it's in your face and certainly you probably had profiles when you were in high school and it was a big part of recruiting. How do you find that balance between being active on social media in a way that's meaningful, that's beneficial to you and your brand but also not being overwhelmed and overloaded with too much of that social media pressure. I wasn't really big into social media until high school, but then I got Facebook, Twitter. I barely use Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. But me maturing, I eventually deleted Snapchat because especially when I got here, it kind of just took my mind off of what I needed to take care of. And I would always see people going on vacations, having fun, or whatnot, but you're not, and I'm thinking about doing that, but I really gotta focus on playing football and making it to the next step, and then I can eventually, after I retire, do those things that I've seen everybody else doing. So <laughs> I just kinda knock it out. I don't really go on my phone that much anymore, but now I'm just becoming myself and going out there to be the best player I can be and take my game to the next level. What is your relationship like with your teammates, and how have they supported you on and off the field? My closest friends is, of course, my roommate, Titus, my ex-roommate, Rodas Johnson. That's my brother. That's not even my friend anymore. And Nick Herbig, that's like, it's us four. 
and we hang out all the time. But yeah, like we all trying to great minds think alike, and I feel like we all are in the same headspace on what we want to do this year still, and what we want to be as a player, and we kind of influence each other to keep pushing. But those are my guys, and I'm glad to have that group behind me here on this campus because especially Rodas, like I don't know what I would do without him. It's a lot of stuff I had went through mentally uh, with my family or whatnot while I was here, and he talked me out of a hole, and not a lot of people can do that. We're pretty much just alike. If you see us on the field, we're always joking around, but when it's time to get serious, we can get serious, and those are the guys that helped me become the player I am today and continue to push me. Now, how much did you lean on your teammates and your, your friends when you were thinking about entering the NFL draft earlier this year? Did you have discussions with them, or was that something that you kind of kept inside and with your family? Um, I talked to my teammates, but in the back of my mind, I already knew like it would be best if I would come back. So it wasn't really a super hard decision. I had the love for them guys that I wanted to come back and play another year. I felt the job wasn't done, so me coming back helped us build our bond and we continue to do so, and hopefully me and Nick leave in the same year. So I'm just curious, like, what kind of played into your decision to come back for your senior year and forego the opportunity to go in the NFL draft? My body development. I can play football. I can do all that, but I wasn't as strong as I wanted to be physically and mentally. So, And I was kind of still a kid and mental. I was always joking around. I didn't take everything seriously. I took it serious enough to still be a starter, but then I had to take my game to that next level. I got to stop playing against myself and go out there and let it all loose. And I feel like the senior year would be an extra year that I can do so. And it's been a great journey so far this season. And I love that we stayed together throughout everything that has happened. And I still wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You're talking about your own personal development. You've had a couple different strength coaches. One, Ross Kalaji, he's now your defensive line coach. How do you think that the coaching staff at Wisconsin and the strength staff and the support staff as a whole is maybe a little bit different than the rest of the colleges throughout the country? Because Wisconsin's got a tremendous history of developing offense and defensive linemen, not only in the weight mm -hmm. room, but also in the classroom and on the field to become great NFL players. And why do you think that's unique to Wisconsin? We got words on our in our team meeting room, smart, tough, dependent. And just reiterating that to everybody is powerful because – Sometimes you might not want to go to class, but then you got those teammates pushing you to do so. And that is contagious throughout the whole facility. And especially when you got a, a younger group trying to make a name for themselves, that just makes the older guys and push the older guys even more to become great. And I feel like it's special at Wisconsin because we're known for being tough and we're known for being smart. So we got to continue to do so and go out there and play the best ball that we can. Now, after you prepare all week, you're on the field, Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall Stadium. What are some of your favorite game day traditions? Do you, do you even see the crowd? Do you even hear what's going on? Or are you just so zoned in and focused? I would say my favorite tradition is the night games where everybody turns on the lights on their phone. It kind of oh, yeah. gives me chills. And you realize how many people are actually in the stands. But <laughs> looking at the crowd is awesome. Just take it all in, yeah. I'm wondering, when you reflect back on your career as a Badger, what's the memory that's going to stick out first? Probably say my first collegiate snap, like in practice. It was in practice. Who and that, that made me, I was going against Tyler Biotich and Josh Seltz. I thought I was going to finesse them, <laughs> swim over them. 
I had one arm on the back of uh, Biotic, and then Celts came, and like I'm like this, and they just lift me up and take me back <laughs> about five yards, throw Looked me like on the ground, and out of the club. Yeah, and then I realized I wasn't that big guy that I was in high school, <laughs> stronger than everybody. And just looking back at that, just shows me the the steps I have taken to become the player that I am. Okay, something we do on this podcast is we talk about our favorite spots on, on campus. Where have you found, in your years here at Wisconsin, where is your go-to spot on campus? Um, mine would be the Memorial Union, especially in the summertime. You can jump in the water, mm. go out there, uh, get good food. And I like being around people, so the Memorial Union in the summertime would definitely be the spot because everyone's outside. You get too hot, you can get a splash, get right out. <laughs> and then sometimes at night you can even fish over there. So there you that's, go. that's my go-to spot. My roommate caught a five-pound bass there when we were living there one summer. It was actually the summer that Annie and I met my sophomore year. We, were, we lived like right on the surf side, which is just down from the Memorial Union. And my roommate caught a five-pound bass off our dock. I caught a 20-pound catfish. And we used to fish almost every single night. It was unbelievable. I mean, Lake Mendota is one of the best fishing lakes in all of the state. And it's right there. And people don't even realize it. And for a student, all you got to do is get a free St. Croix rod like Keanu did. You can go down there and you can catch yourself a dinner simple. of white bass or uh, catfish whenever you want it. But no, there's so many great spots on campus. I think that's what makes Wisconsin so unique. Keanu Benton, thank you so much for being on the Badger Bigs podcast. It was a true joy to get an opportunity to meet you and learn a little bit more about your path to Wisconsin. And I cannot wait to watch you get drafted in 2023 in Kansas City. Thank you for having me, man. This is an awesome experience. And now that you unfortunately have given me your number and I know that you're a fisherman, we're going to be going fishing together because I got the hook. Lock, We've lived here five years. Number. Yeah, yeah, you're in lock trouble it. now. It's going to be spam. <laughs> no, I got all the good spots. After being back here five years, I got it dialed in. I got the dude. So I will hit you up as soon as the season's over, as soon as you get a little bit of time because we need to go catch some fish, man. Hey, that's fine by me. All day, any day. Awesome. Thanks for being on with us, buddy. Thanks, Kenna. Now we have the privilege of being joined by a true Badger icon, former professional basketball player, coach, radio and television commentator, analyst and host Brian Butch is now with us to talk all things Badger athletics and so much more. Don't forget, if you want to get involved, you can learn more about helping to support Badger student athletes at varsitycollective.com. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's always fun to be a part of it, guys. Well, I think we should jump right in. I want to talk about that high school career and what led you to become a Wisconsin Badger. In 2003, you were a McDonald's All-American, one of the biggest recruits that ever came out of the state of Wisconsin. What was it like playing in front of packed gyms in the state of Wisconsin and getting the hype that you got coming out of Appleton West, which was not exactly a basketball powerhouse before you got there. No, we weren't good at all. For me, the biggest thing that I looked at with it, being recruited, going through the process, you know, I took official visits to North Carolina, to Kansas, to Arizona. And for me, like you walked on the campus at Madison and it was just home because the people were what I was about. I remember going to Marquette and Tom Crean had banners up everywhere and tried to sell what it was. Very similar to you know what happened at North Carolina as well. And, and I said, you just don't know who I am. That's not what I'm about. I'm very simple. And that's what Wisconsin was in a great way. Let's get to work. Let's find out how we're going to win a lot of basketball games. 
and let's put that all together and we're going to have a really good product. And that to me is what sold me on it. I'm glad you mentioned the recruiting visits because I vividly remember you coming to campus and we had so much fun and all the hype leading up to that. I want to talk a little bit about your freshman season and the decision to redshirt. How difficult was that for you? Because after the huge success in high school and coming into campus, being big man on campus, how hard was it for you to then sit back and watch everybody your freshman year? Yeah, no, it was extremely tough. Like I was 185 pounds, and you try to play in what, what is the most physical league in all of college basketball in the Big Ten. Like it wasn't going to work. So for me, it was more important put weight on, figure it out. Skill set was fine. Like that that was always going to what needed to be. But it was all about, hey, if I'm catching the ball at the three-point line versus the block, I've got a big problem there. I think the mindset and kind of being able to sit there and understand that this isn't what most kids do with that are McDonald's All-Americans. However, it was best for me to sit back, take in the process of making myself the best basketball player physically that I could. And I think for me, when you look at what Wisconsin's about, it's understanding the process that goes into the end result. And you have to be make sure that you're ready for every single step of the way. You can't cheat the steps, right? You have to make sure that every single time that you get out there, you continue to, to develop everything. And I think that's the thing that Wisconsin embraces so much of is understanding that this is a step-by-step process that needs to happen when you do it the right way. You win a lot of basketball games. You win a lot of football games. So you have to buy into that. And I remember Doug Gottlieb got up there during the ESPN halftime and said he's the most overrated player. And during the post-game press conference, Coach Ryan came out and really went at Doug Gottlieb in, in that situation. And at that point as a player, you know, you hear a lot of it, but you don't know kind of if your coach has your back. Like right? it sounds good, they recruit you, you're you're there for a couple of months, like you're finally into the year, then you redshirt, so you're not gonna help them win games. Like, do you really care about me? And that moment right there was like, all right, the dude's got my back. Like everything I have to do now is because he supported me and now we're in this thing together. Like that was a big moment for me. One of the big topics we hear about talking in college sports right now is mental health of the student athletes. And that was one thing that during our day, nobody talked about. It was sort of the hidden elephant in the room a lot of times because we're dealing with the same things back then that they are now. But thankfully, we're able to talk about it right now. And the stressors of a college student who's also trying to play at a high level under the microscope, especially in your case, as a humongous recruit coming in with the expectations and the pressure. How does somebody deal with that type of pressure when you're an 18-year-old freshman? Yeah, you rely on your teammates. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And that's what I think makes Wisconsin so much different is because you've got teammates that care about you. No one is individually worried about themselves. And for me, that's what I relied on. I relied on my teammates to get me through some of the tough days, the tough days of practice, the tough days of just trying to figure out where in the heck I'm going to all of it. Like to me, that was the thing. So when there were bad days, you went to practice and you hung out with your friends and you hung out with your teammates And that got you through everything. And that's not the same. You don't have that everywhere. That's the thing that a lot of college athletes don't understand is that there's a lot of me in college athletics. There's not a lot of we. And that to me is how I got through a lot of colleges because of my teammates, because we were in it together. There was, there were no me's. And that support doesn't end. 
It's once a badger, always a badger. That's what they say when they're recruiting. That's what they say when you're there. And you and your wife, you have felt that love from the badger family still continuing on now that you're a parent. Yeah. So again, once a badger, always a badger. And it sounds, I'm not going to say corny, but like, what does it mean? You say it because that's what you did. You went through it. It's great. It's, it's one of those where we can all come together until you really need it. And then all of a sudden, we found out almost a year ago that our six-month-old son had a brain tumor. And at that point, you become what any parent becomes. You become worried. You start trying to figure out what's the next step. Well, thankfully, our head men's basketball coach, Greg Gard, is a great man. And he recruited me. I've known Coach for a very long time. And he lost his dad to brain cancer. And he was the first guy I called. So when you say any, you know, once a badger, always a badger, it's always there. You you pick up the phone and you call. And it's not one of those, I'll get to you when I can. It's no, I'll pick the phone up right away. So he got me in touch with a lot of people down at American Family Children's Hospital. And we were able to get second opinions. And we were able to work through the process of the first diagnosis of your son having a brain tumor. Which when you go through this, like he's almost, he's a year and a half at that time. And you, you're trying to process all of this. And you just need help. You're a parent that needs help. So we get the diagnosis, we go through the process, and then six months later, that's it, he's having brain surgery. And to me, the ability to reach out to Coach Grigar, who's the head coach of our men's basketball team, who's just a little busy, right? Like has some other things to worry about, shows what Wisconsin's built on. And I was back for an event and I told the story with a bunch of fellow alumni and they just all looked at it and said, that's what makes Wisconsin, Wisconsin, is a lot of universities say things, but then there's universities that do things. And this university does things. If you need something, they will help you get it done, whether that's a job interview or whether that's helping your son get brain surgery. And that to me is why I went to Wisconsin is you understood what made and what makes it, and it's the people. And if you surround yourself with good people, you're going to have success in life. I'm a firm believer in that, always have been. And that's what makes Wisconsin unique. That's what makes Wisconsin special. I've, you know, Joe, you've played with enough people. I've played with enough people that have gone to different universities. They'll never go back to their universities. They're not a part of their universities. They're there for four years. They've done what they're supposed to do, and they leave. And they don't have that bond. I needed that bond 14 years after I left. I didn't win any games in 14 years there. Didn't have anything. You know, I was overseas playing for 10 years. And for them to, to not only and, and coach to pick up the phone, make the phone calls, get the ball rolling so that our son could have brain surgery. And right now, almost a year from the time that we got the diagnosis, he's a two and a half year old little boy running around at daycare, loving life. It's great hearing stories like yours where the proof is in the pudding, where this relationship that you build at the University of Wisconsin, whether it be through your athletics or through your academics or through the social side of stuff, which is very robust at the University of Wisconsin, those relationships are just different. And I'm wondering for you, what were some of the biggest memories that you had playing basketball at Wisconsin? The best moment that I have is winning a Big Ten championship on senior night. The crowd, the students rush the court. We get to celebrate a Big Ten championship. We get to celebrate senior night where you, you know you sit down, you've told the stories. They play it on the Jumbotron. You're there with your family. You're there with your friends. It's all the work that went into the five years that I was there all into one night. 
and you're holding up a trophy in a Big Ten championship. That, to me, was one moment that I'll have forever. So being able to kind of finish that out my senior year, win a championship, that's what you come to Wisconsin for is to win. It's the people, but you want to leave something there. You want to hang banners. You want to let everybody know, especially being a Wisconsin kid. There is something special about going to your hometown school and winning championships so that a banner will always be there. One of the things that I got asked a lot when I was playing in the NFL was, A, where's your favorite NFL stadium to play? And I usually said outside of Cleveland Brown Stadium, it was Lambeau because of the history and because of the fan base. And we'd always play there in the preseason. And even those preseason games were sold out. It was the only preseason stadium that we would go to that the fans would actually show up and they would cheer like it was a regular game. So that was always really special. But in college, I always said that Camp Randall is a unique experience because of the loyalty and the passion and the fun that the fan base has when they're at that game. But I got to think for you that the Cole Center is one of the coolest at atmospheres in all of college basketball you played some big games there is there anything that can compare in college sports or in your pro career overseas to the atmosphere that the Cole Center brings no I'll be honest no playing in Tokyo did not compare to it playing in the Philippines nope didn't compare to it had a chance to do the thrill in Manila where they did that (laughs) played in that arena no no there's something special about the Cole Center when that place gets rocking There is not a better place. There's a reason that the home court advantage and the record that Bo had and Greg has is so high. There's a reason they win a lot of games. Yeah, they have really good teams, but it's then the support that they get at the Cole Center. There's something unique because when teams come in, they know they're playing a really tough team, but then they also understand that that environment's going to get hostile. Just ask Purdue last year. They thought they were going to come in and win a Big Ten championship. Chuggy Hepburn hits a bank shot to win, And Purdue was a really good team, but it's because of where they played. They played at the Cole Center. There was no way Purdue was going to win that game. You had a unique experience, though, because you had those that atmosphere in high school as well, too. I mean, talk about playing around the state of Wisconsin where everyone came to see you play. What was your favorite high school memory and where, where you played? We played all over. They had to sell tickets before. They brought in bleachers to, you know, normal high school arenas, you know, in gyms that they could kind of get more people in. But the best memory, again, happened at the Cole Center. You know, for me, like we had a chance. My junior year, we got there. My senior year, I broke Division One scoring record, scored 45 points in a game. That moment to me was a pretty cool individual moment. We fell short. We didn't win a state championship that year. But just kind of having that, that buzz around the Cole Center for high school athletics was great. One of the quotes that I remember hearing from you when we were in high school together was after your 45-point state game that set the record, if you want to let everybody know what you said to the media when they ask you about your coach putting you back in the game to go to score 45 points and to break the record, because I just love it. I just think it's, it's the greatest Brian Butch quote of all time. Yeah, well, they, they were upset about it. Our coach didn't know where we at. One of our assistants said, hey, you got to put him back in. He's got a chance for the record. So he puts me back in. The opposing coach gets going on during his press conference. Says, oh, that was, wasn't sportsmanlike, shouldn't have done it. Then we get up there. He, they asked me about it. And I said, well, if you didn't want me to score 45, you shouldn't have let me score 44. That deserves a round of applause right there. I mean, it fit, right? So why not say it? Self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking a little bit about Joe and I, he played for 11 years in the NFL, walking away from the game. I just want to hear what your story was when you decided to retire and how difficult was that transition for you? 
Yeah, well, my retirement was more of a most teams didn't pick up the phone anymore. So it was one of those where you kind of had to decide. And I, I had a couple of chances to go play overseas again and do those sorts of things if I wanted to. I just finished my 10th year. The Wisconsin Herd actually started their G League team. And so a G League team of the Milwaukee Bucks. And they moved to Oshkosh. Well, I live about 20 minutes away. So kind of started having conversations with the Bucks about what coaching might look like. It just kind of fit where... This was the time. So I started kind of coaching with the Wisconsin Herd. Did that for two years, but during one of those years, I got into doing some local radio. Did an afternoon radio show and really loved being to talk sports and talk with people. So I got into that, and then I actually kind of got it with the Big Ten Network. And this is a great story as far as how I got into the Big Ten Network. Most people have agents, and they maneuver it. I didn't have any of it. I just started doing some radio. And I said, well, I'm going to try to call Coach Alvarez real quick. Called Coach Alvarez. I went up to his office, had a meeting. He called Commissioner Delaney from the Big Ten Commissioner at that time. He then immediately called the Big Ten office. I had an audition within the week and went down to Chicago, auditioned. They said, Brian, you're pretty good at this. Yeah, let's do it. And that's how I got my gig and started doing TV was because of that. And for me, that again proves why Wisconsin is so unique. I'm now 10 years out, haven't won any basketball games in 10 years, haven't really been around a whole lot because I've been overseas, and they still pick up the phone. Like, that's what makes this place so unique. And so not only did it help when I played and was at Wisconsin, I don't have a, a statewide radio show that I do with former Packer John Coo. I don't have that if I don't play at Wisconsin. That's just the that's just the truth. I'm not working for the Big Ten Network and working for Fox Sports right now doing college basketball if I didn't play at Wisconsin. Those are facts. That's what it is. In addition to the broadcast career that uh, is blossoming for you, you're still involved in the game of basketball on a coaching level with some camps. Can you tell everybody what exactly you're doing getting involved with youth basketball up in that area in Appleton where you're living right now? Right now, we run about 70 camps all summer long. We run a Brian Butch Basketball Academy, which is kind of like a local year-round training that we do. And for me, it's my way of coaching without the time constraints of actually coaching. So I love being around the game. I love being able to give back to the game. I'm a firm believer of that. I love the simplicity of what the game of basketball is. If you work at it, you're going to get better and you're going to see the results. If you don't work at it, you're not going to get better. You're not going to see the results. That, to me, is what life is all about. And that's why I love being able to kind of be able to offer that to our young, to our youth. Hard work, dedication, commitment, loyalty, all those values seem to be a, a part of the thread work of growing up in this state. And there are definitely things that you see within the athletic program. And I think that's why... There's been so much success at Wisconsin throughout the years, and I think that's what leads so many people when they walk away from the University of Wisconsin to have so much pride about their time and so much success in their post-career. But one of the things we like to do on Badger Big's podcast is reflect on our favorite place on campus or around campus. So we want to highlight an area on campus that was very memorable and was one of your favorite spots. For me, it's going to be crazy, but... Ian's Pizza was the spot to be at. Like, for, like <laughs> I I, it. It, it was just the spot that we loved. Uh, I remember we got vouchers to go there, so it was great. But like, I know that's not a lot of the answers that you're probably going to get. But for me, that was the spot because it was a great place to meet. We always went there after games. And that was a spot that 
was kind of a family get-together for all of us after games because it was a walk from the Kohl Center. We were able to get there. We were able to sit down, have a meal with our parents, talk about the game, the good, the bad, all the above. All of us as players went over there with all of our families, and it was a really cool environment after all of our games. Brian Butch, thank you so much for being on with us today. I know Annie and I have really enjoyed this conversation and a chance to reflect on all of our careers, which overlap at the University of Wisconsin. And uh, it's never a bad time to talk some memories from our time in Madison. So thanks for being on with us today. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's always great to talk Wisconsin. And I'm glad that we could share some of those stories to kind of talk about what it is afterwards. To me, that's why you go to Wisconsin. Yes, you're going to have success. Yes, you're going to win a lot of games. But it's going to stick with you for a lifetime. And in my case, it helped my son be a two-year-old little boy. And that to me, there's no price tag. There's no value to that. I'll forever be thankful for Coach Guard and everybody else at the University of Wisconsin to be able to continue to do those things. Can we just get one on Wisconsin from Brian? As always, guys, on Wisconsin. I wanted to say a big thank you to Keanu and Brian for joining us today on the show. And thanks to all of you for listening to Badger Bigs, presented by the Varsity Collective. I'm Joe Thomas. And I'm Annie Thomas. And remember to stay tuned for the next episode. In the meantime, learn how you can get involved with the Varsity Collective and support Badger student-athletes at thevarsitycollective.com. And stay in the loop on the latest updates. Make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. We'll see you next time.